Sometimes you win some. 
sing that. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Come on. Oh, sing it over the battle. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Good morning, and welcome to Cypress Bible Church. We're Mike and Christina Slavic, and we are so grateful that you are worshiping with us today, either in person or online. At Cypress Bible Church, we focus on beginning where you are, becoming more like Jesus. In our desire to become more like Jesus, we do three things. We gather for life-changing worship. We grow in life-changing truth. And then we go in life-changing mission. We have two quick announcements for you. One, it has been several months since our elders have been able to provide in-person prayer. Beginning August 16th, two elders will be in our prayer room between services to pray for you. This will be a monthly opportunity on the third Sunday of every month from 10.30 to 11. So please find someone with a name tag and they will direct you to our prayer room. It is a blessing to have elders who pray and I encourage you to take advantage of this opportunity. Secondly, we wanna thank our God for enabling so many of you to continue to financially support Cypress Bible Church. Because of your faithfulness, ministry has continued, global workers and staff have been maintained and even new ministries have been developed. So uh, as the Lord puts it on your heart to give, please do so either uh, through text, uh, online, uh, through the mail, uh, or in person. Now at this time we invite you, no matter where you are, to join us now as we worship our great God. As we begin, we want to share with you this passage from the book of Psalms, Psalm 106, verses 1 and 2. Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Let us offer our very best and declare the glory of our magnificent God. Let us worship him, for he is good.
Yes, praise the Lord.
The Lord has indeed done great and marvelous things. His mercy and loving kindness are everlasting and He will never leave or forsake us. When the path ahead may become cloudy or difficult, trust Him for He is faithful. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Submit to Him in all of your ways and He will make your path straight. He is our way maker. Thank you. 
God, that is who you are. Come on, lift your voices. Let's fill this place. You are a maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. the Lord. You may be seated. So God has been working um, in the past five weeks, really all summer, with our children's ministry and our VBS. Uh, and so we just want to thank God and praise him for the things that he's done and the things that our kids and families have gotten to experience. Uh, so would you uh, enjoy this VBS video with me? Welcome to VBS! Find out God biggest question. Yeah, it's like revival.org. No matter what, God never lets us down.
and God makes us all uniquely different. The gift of Jesus is so amazing, anybody can have it. So we have to hold on to Jesus to trust in Him. God is the one who we want to obey. God is the one who we want to trust. And He's the only one we can trust. He's a mystery man, and I know he can save. Baptist Bible from Jeremy and Molly in Seberhagen in South Africa. Uh, we just appreciate so much your support and your care for us and all your prayers. We want to have faith in God because life is a mystery, but God helps lead us through the mysteries and helps us lead others to find Jesus. Do you have the courage to tell others about God? So thank you all for uh, helping me get a nice haircut this summer. Uh, <laughs> uh, but really, we just want to say thank you to um, anyone that's here, anyone watching at home. Thank you all for uh, giving, for praying, for sharing, for inviting people, for registering your kids. Um, you know, this VBS was really going to be a mystery, um, but we know that God had it all in control. Um, so let's just thank God for this uh, experience we've had. Uh, dear God, thank you so much. Um, we know that your love never fails, uh, your truth prevails. Uh, even in these times where uh, we have so many questions, um, so many mysteries, and um, people are wondering uh, what's going on. Uh, thank you for helping uh, the kids of CBC. Um, thank you for providing for families in the Cyprus community, and thank you that we can impact uh, people of South Africa. Uh, thank you for the ways that you are working. Uh, thank you for your love, and thank you for the fact uh, that even as we face uh, the mystery of life, we know that you are in control. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's continue to worship him together. Stand. It's higher than the mountains that I face. It's stronger than the power of the grave. Constant in the trial and the change, this one thing. 
Praise be to the Lord. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Amen. You guys may be seated. Husband and wife uh, had a quarrel, and it got so that uh, they decided to give each other the silent treatment. Never experienced that before in my life, but maybe you're identifying with it. So they didn't talk to each other for about a week. And um, then one day, the husband realized that he needed his wife's help. He had to get up at least by 5 a.m. to make a, uh, a, a plane trip to Chicago for business, and he had difficulty getting up and often slept through alarms. And so he didn't want to break the, the silence. So he left his wife a note that said, please wake me up at 5 a.m. He said, please. Next morning, he wakes up. Notices his wife has already left the room. He looks at the clock. It's too late. The plane's already gone. He's, he's furious. He's about ready to go find her and find out what happened. He notices a note on the pillow next to him. He picks it up and it says, it's 5 a.m. Wake up. It's painful when loved ones don't communicate. It's costly. Uh, on a far different note, this past week, uh, one of our global workers sent out a prayer request some of you might have seen. It's from the wife of a church leader in China. And uh, she said this, Beloved brothers and sisters, I earnestly ask for your prayers. It's been over six months since my husband has been incarcerated. At first, he would make phone calls from prison uh, to let me know he was okay. It was just three minutes, but... Hearing his voice, I knew he was alive. However, starting from the end of March, I've not received any phone calls. No, no word from him for over 70 days. This made me extremely worried. Once, my husband led a busy life as an overseer of the church, and all I ever wished that he would return home a little earlier. Now, all I hope is to hear his voice and know that he's alive. We pray for this church worker and his family this not hearing from those we love brings fear, doubt, uncertainty, surely. And how much more troubling it can be when it seems God is silent. That God isn't communicating with those He loves. We begin a series today called Survival Songs. And each week we're going to focus on a different psalm. One psalm each week. And the psalms are, in fact, songs. And some of those, many of them in fact, are positive, happy, joyful, filled with hope. Others of the Psalms are filled with pain and disappointment and despair. And for the next seven weeks, we're, we're going to look at probably more of that second type of song, ones that express hurt and longing and despair. Today's Psalm is about surviving God's silence. Perhaps you can remember a time when you needed help and those that you turned to didn't respond. A friend refused to answer your messages. A family member cuts off contact. It's a sad, scary, agonizing thing when that kind of silence happens to us. And how much more dismal it is when that silence seems to come from God Himself. So if there's ever been a time when you've cried out to God for help 
Every time you've begged him for answers and it seemed that he remains silent, then you've felt this kind of desperation that we see in Psalm 13. The 13th song that's collected in our Old Testament. Here we have King David describing what's going on in his life and his perspective about the silence of God. And so uh, from this, I want us to look as we look at Psalm 13, look at the misery of David. Maybe you can identify with it. And then I want to show you two responses that we should have when God is silent. Two responses to have when God seems silent to us. So first of all, Psalm 13, verse 1. David writes, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I've felt like that. Have you? Uh, And of course, God can't really forget. If God could forget, he wouldn't be God. But while God cannot literally forget us, God does hide from us. He seems absent at times. We, we don't hear from Him in a way that we need. We don't sense His help in the way that why didn't He respond? That, that's what David is expressing here. And, and when he accuses God of hiding, he, he actually uses the same Hebrew word, sothar, that, that described what David himself did when King Saul was trying to kill him. David sothar. David went and hid. David concealed himself. So Saul couldn't find him, so he couldn't be seen. And that's what he says, God, that's what you're doing to me. You're you're hiding somewhere. I I can't find you. Where are you? You're staying out of view. And that's what it feels like sometimes, at least if you're honest. feels like God is out of view. He's kept quiet. He's not responding when we think he should respond. A few years ago, I did a study on all the times in Scripture where it says God is silent or God is hiding. And I was actually surprised at how many of them there are. There there are quite a number. Just to give you an example, uh, Isaiah 8.17. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding His face. Psalm 83.1. Oh God, do not keep silent. And Psalm 10.1. Why, O Lord, do you hide yourself in times of trouble? See, that's kind of the worst right there, isn't it? It's it's not just, I'm not feeling connected, God. We we need to talk about our relationship. It's not that. It's like, I'm in trouble and you're not there. Where are you? And so this idea of God seeming to ignore me is not unique. Maybe you can identify with it. So, So why does he do that and and let me get something out of the way before we look more at this song and that is that the reality is that sometimes God's silence is caused by unconfessed sin that the seeming silence from God is simply because I have not been willing to confront my own sin and deal with it and so there's this break in the relationship this this fellowship between me and God simply because I'm refusing to admit my own sin So uh, imagine there's someone who has hurt you deeply. They've said something. They've done something. They've done you wrong. And and you hold on to that bitterness and that anger and that resentment and you don't forgive. Well, Jesus makes it very clear that this will interrupt your fellowship with God. Jesus says, Matthew 
6.15. He says this in Matthew 18.35. He says this in Luke 11.4. That this is going to interrupt your fellowship with God if you refuse to forgive one another. And so sometimes we blame God for abandoning us or being giving us the silent treatment when it's really our own fault of failing to deal with our sin. And so, you know, if you, if you never pray unless you're really, really desperate, I mean, things have to get really bad for you to pray. That's not a good sign. Or, or if you don't control your mouth, or if you don't control your sexual life, or you, don't con- you abuse alcohol, or you lie, and you don't deal with these things. When these kinds of things, uh, and many, many more, are part of your life, and it's no real mystery as to why God might seem to be absent. I say all that to say, well, that's not what's going on here in Psalm 13. David doesn't have any unconfessed sin that's, that's mentioned here. There's nothing that he's done that's caused God's silence. And that actually makes this silence all the more painful. He's saying, God, I'm trying to follow you. I'm trying to be obedient. And when I need you most, you're nowhere to be found. So what's happening? Why, where are these blessings of peace and, and, and protection that you promised me, God? Maybe you can identify with that today that you've been obedient to God. You've tried to follow Him and worship Him and serve Him, and right now He seems absent from your experience. You call out to Him and there's no answer. You, you, you pray, you beg God to answer in a situation and He doesn't. So let's continue what David says, verse 2 in this song. How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Have you felt that kind of agony? Where you're tortured by your own thoughts? Your emotions are twisted into a knot? And when God is silent, the only sounds you hear are your own doubts and your own questions and your your own fears. And your enemies are winning. Now David, when he says... uh, How long will my enemy be exalted over me? That word exalted was used to describe the the ark of Noah floating on the floodwaters. And so David is saying, my enemies are are up here floating. I'm down here drowning. They're on top exalting. They're winning. What's going on, God? Now, the reality is we don't know the exact circumstance that David faced that made him feel this way. This isn't one of those psalms that gives us the hint as to what was going on in David's life that caused him to feel this way. Uh, It could have been a time of hunger or fear or weakness or or failing health or or when he's uh, running for his life from King Saul or when uh, one of his children uh, did some of the things that they did. There's all kinds of incidents in David's life where he was in trouble, but we don't know which it was. And so I think that's good. It helps us to identify with David's feelings here. Because your enemies and mine, the things that seem to be getting at you and things that get at me can be very different. Your enemies could be the angry voices of people who don't like what you're doing. 
It could be depression that weighs you down, or post-traumatic syndrome, or, or a health crisis, or a critical boss, or critical spouse, or a critical neighbor. It could be worries over being uninsured and having mounting medical bills, or could be uh, any kind of, the enemies could be in your own house, or in your workplace, or could be your own feelings of inadequacy, or fears, or doubts that just trouble your mind. Whatever it is, that enemy might seem to be on top right now. And you're drowning underneath this. How long will God let this go on? That's David's complaint. Notice what he says, verse 3. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. If God doesn't answer, if He doesn't come out of hiding, then there is no hope. David says, darkness is going to win, life will end, and I will be shaken. That refers to stumbling under a load that's too heavy to carry. That's what that word shaken is about. I'm, just, I'm being crushed, David says. Crushed under this load of pain. And so when I collapse, God, under this load that's too heavy for me, my enemies are going to think, they're going to think less of you. God, evidence that you've abandoned me. And so D- David begs God to, to show his faithfulness to those who are watching. Now remember, this is a song written and sung by the king of Israel, and it's a song he teaches his people to sing. You've got to appreciate that the Psalms are the hymnal of the ancient people of God as they are the hymnal for us today. And so this is a song that he taught Israel. And so they sang this through their history. They sang this when Israel experienced invasion by enemy armies, when they were taken captive by foreign countries, when the crop failed and people began to starve, when disease wiped out entire families or communities, when death took away loved ones. They sang this song, How Long, Lord? When are you going to stop hiding from us? And so maybe you can identify with this piece of music. Now, I don't want you to miss the repetition here. I I think that regardless of which translation of Scripture that you have, in verses 1 and 2, the words, how long, are repeated four times. Four times. And so here, here we have a clue on surviving God's silence. Don't keep quiet. Have you ever given somebody the silent treatment? Have you ever experienced that? Well, he didn't speak to me. I'm not speaking to him. She did that to me. I'm not talking to her. You might be in one of those cycles right now or on the receiving end of such a thing. How long does it last? Well, it will continue until somebody breaks the silence or until death. Responding to silence with silence gets nowhere. So what do you do when God is silent? Here's the first action I believe we should take as the people of God. Keep expressing your pain to God. What should I do when God seems to be hiding? Keep expressing your pain to God. Don't you see that crying out to God is the privilege of those who believe? When your faith is in Christ, His sacrifice for for your sin on the cross has been paid, you, you trust in Christ alone, then you've been given the right to be called the child of God. 
And so therefore you have access to the almighty God of the universe by the blood of Jesus. That you have the right to enter the throne room of God through Jesus. And so if you are a believer and suddenly God seems to be hidden, seems to be different, distant, your reaction shows your faith and trust. If you say, well, I don't hear from him. He's not hearing from me. I've given up on him. I'm quitting on him. That's a lack of faith and trust in God. Why? Well, because sane people don't call out to imaginary beings. Santa Claus? Why didn't you show up at my house? Why didn't you eat those cookies I baked? Why did you give me that ugly sweater? You don't berate an imaginary being. You only complain about the silence and the absence of someone who is real. So because you believe, your only option is to cry out to the Lord. I like to say, believe in God enough to yell at Him. Believe enough to keep asking, how long? How long? And if you've ever experienced the frustration of calling on God to do something and nothing happens, you can ask, how long? If you've ever felt the grief of injustice and heard enemies laughing at your failure, if you've cried out for for help and God seems to have forgotten you, you can join me in voicing that question, how long? In fact, I'm going to say it. I'm going to yell it now four times as David did. And if you've ever experienced that, you feel comfortable doing that, you join me in saying that question to God right now. How long? How long? How long? How long? That's what you do when God is silent. Notice how the song ends. I mean, keep expressing your pain to God, but notice what happens next, verse 5. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. When I read that, the first thing I thought was, well, what's changed? What happened between verses 4 and 5? Why this sudden transformation? He didn't get a new word from God. There was no bolt of lightning. God didn't speak in an audible voice and all of a sudden all his problems disappeared. The enemies are still on top. And yet David sounds pretty upbeat for a depressed person. He's not overwhelmed by his trouble. Why is that? Well, the example he gives gives us the second response to have when God is silent. Second response. Keep praising God for past blessings. Keep praising God for past blessings. Yes, keep expressing your pain to God and then keep praising Him for the blessings of the past. Because David remembers God has done good things for me. Salvation has been given. Love has been expressed. He has dealt bountifully. That dealt bountifully, the Hebrew word gamal, it refers to the good things that God has given to him. The Lord had handed out so many benefits in the past. God's goodness had been evident in so many ways. And based on that memory, based on that experience, 
David redeclares his faith. He founds his trust, uh, and it's so firm, his trust is so firm in God that he can praise him in the midst of all this. He's willing, he says, to sing with joy. And that puts me to shame. Because sometimes I don't feel like praising God because things aren't going the way I think they should. But real worship is when you're able to praise God in the storm and in the silence. And that's what David expresses here. Now, now the reality is that David praises God for his past blessings. If, if you have already believed, then you have a history with God on which to base your trust when everything else fails. Without that history, all you have left are the difficult experiences of today. But if you have known the love of God in Jesus, then you have countless reasons to praise the one who saved you. I'll confess that about the first three years or so that I was a pastor and preaching multiple times every Sunday and Bible studies and all the rest, I realized after about those first three or so years, my sermons did not always announce the gospel. Now, why? Well, I was speaking primarily to Christians. I mean, I look around on the Sunday, the little church that I had, I know those people have professed faith. Uh, speaking to Christians, they know this part. So I went on, I taught the Bible, absolutely, Old Testament, New Testament, taught it in depth, uh, but I did not always, maybe not even often, preach the gospel as part of that. How ignorant I was. How ignorant. Because the good news of Jesus is not a message that you need once and never again. You need to preach the gospel to yourself every single day. I need it every day. Because without it, Teaching is just information. I've seen a lot of Bible studies and class lessons. They're just information. Without the gospel, preaching is just good advice. Seen thousands and thousands of good advice sermons. Preached a few myself. Without the gospel, church is just some kind of moral guidance or community with masks on. The reality is that we must preach that gospel. That sin separates us from a holy God. But God's love is so great that he sent his perfect son, Jesus, to be the sacrifice, the only sacrifice for sin. And that by his bloody death on the cross, Jesus paid the price for all who believe to be brought into the family of God, forgiven of sin, made holy in his sight. And that truth, that reality, colors every single thing, every day of our lives. And it allows you to live in gratitude and praise if that's true of you. Because all God's promises are answered yes in Christ Jesus. And so what's true of you if you believe the gospel? Ephesians 1 says you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. According to 1 Peter 1, you've been given new birth into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. And Romans 8 declares that there is nothing in all of creation that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so, even though there is emptiness and silence 
and a heavy load of trouble, you can survive as you praise God for his past. You can even sing because you know that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's his promise. So keep expressing your pain to God. Keep praising God for past blessings. Now, I first uh, heard the band U2 in 1980. I was about three years old at the time. And so I followed that band for all these years. They're still together, still producing music, and I have great appreciation for so much of their work. But if you know anything about the band, you know that in 2014, Bono, the lead singer, had a terrible accident. He was riding his bicycle in Central Park, and a and, uh, terrible accident that left him with compound fractures, multiple compound fractures in his shoulder, his, his left arm, his eye socket. There's other damage as well. Five hours of, of surgery required three metal plates and, and 18 screws and months of recovery. In an interview following that accident, uh, Bono said how he, he reads the Psalms all the time and connects with David's honest laments and prayers. Bono said, the Psalms are amazing. David is the first blues man shouting at God, why did this happen to me? That's honesty. He said, David's hiding in a cave from King Saul, wants to murder him, and in the darkness of that cave, in the silence and the fear, he writes a psalm. So Bono says he, he wishes it wasn't true, but as an artist, he knows that sometimes you just have to be in that cave of despair. You might be in a place of despair. Maybe you've experienced silence from God for a long time. You might have all but given up saying, how long, Lord, how long? But it is in that darkness and isolation that beautiful songs are written. The key to surviving the silence is to keep telling God your pain and praising Him for past blessings. My shorthand for this psalm and what I should do is really simple. Shout louder and trust longer. i got to say that every day. Shout louder. Trust longer. Not shouting at people. Not shouting to people about God. But shouting to the God who loves you to the end of the age. And trust Him. Let me just imagine, isn't it possible that you are in this room today or you're in front of that screen today and God put you here just for that purpose. To remind you to hold on. To encourage you in the middle of the storm or the silence. And he wants you to know there's a reason for that silence. There's a reason he's hiding your, his face from you. There, there's a purpose that he seems to be absent when you need him the most. Keep calling out to Him. Keep trusting Him. Because in the darkness, hope is on the horizon. People of God, sing to the Lord. 
for he is good. God, by your grace and mercy, allow us to do that even this morning. That as we have gathered as your people to worship, may whatever situation and circumstance we've been in, we've come from, we are feeling or is ahead of us, that we would be your people at this time and this place. That we would keep crying out to you, the only God and Savior. And we would hold on and trust you no matter what, knowing that you are a faithful God. Free us to sing your praise now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we stand together as we sing this? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Now here it is. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided, great thy faithfulness Lord unto me
again. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, unto me. So good to with you this morning. Uh, there is something that uh, almost intangible happens when the people of God gather, even if we have to be separated by six feet or so, or a mask. It's, uh, so it's a blessing to, to be with the people of God. Uh, so as you leave today, I encourage you to uh, Move along smartly, if you can, so that we have opportunity to clean some surfaces before uh, the next uh, service begins, and uh, to uh, uh, certainly feel free to come up and uh, speak with me, and we can pray together. I'll be wearing a mask, and, and, uh, but I encourage you to do that if you feel the, the desire to, and uh, to uh, please, if you're going to need to congregate, to do so outside the door so we can make space for others to come in safely. Uh, receive, please, this uh, benediction now. May the name of our Lord Jesus be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our God through the Holy Spirit and by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Go in peace. Struck down to burn me up. You say you do it all in love that I might know you in your suffering. And though you slay.